0: You step out of your car the door shuts you go to your trunk and you grab your gear you're here you've made it day one company officer you're not really sure what to expect you know that you're new in your role and you walk into the firehouse introduce yourself to the guys get your gear together get your morning started you walk to the kitchen table get yourself some coffee introduce yourself and the pre-alert goes off your first due. first in engine multiple calls in the area of across the street smoke fire visible are all the things that you read on the cad pre-alert you get in the engine you go down the road you know you have a working fire you look back at your guys this is the reality of being a company officer it could happen one minute into your first shift it could happen your first week. You're not sure when that first fire will be. However, as things come, you're going to need to make decisions, solve problems and lead. Most of all, you need to lead. They need you to be the officer. They need you to be able to have that bearing to be able to step up, knock it out of the park, support the men, and be a competent company officer. This is going to be a series that will let you look into a little bit of my experiences. I've been an officer at this point now for eight years, career firefighter for 16, including my volunteer time, 22 years. I'm not saying I have all the answers. I'm not saying I'm the smartest guy in the room. Quite frankly, I hope I'm not. That way I can learn and hopefully bring you along with me. So, this series is going to be geared towards lessons that I've learned. We're going to bring on some guests and lessons that they've learned as reflections from the front seat and a company officer's perspective. From the streets to the front seat, a company officer's perspective, episode one. Today I have Ariel Jackson. He's an Anne Arundel County fire captain with 26 years of experience. He's an accomplished hands-on training instructor for on-scene training and FDIC presenter and Firehouse Magazine instructor. He's here to talk to us about his gut check of his first fire. Captain, take it away.
1: So uh, in my department, uh, back when I got promoted, uh, it's the process has changed so let this is going back a number of years back in 2008 i get promoted to the rank of lieutenant uh and at the time you promoted at the midnight of the preceding shift so i get promoted at at midnight on a thursday uh battalion chief came by he made his rounds um and you know this is in the afternoon he says hey next time i see you make sure you're wearing that white shirt i had been in an acting capacity during the day so you know, our shifts were 24 hours. So at midnight, I would essentially become a real company officer instead of an acting one. So I'm in a, a fairly uh, active engine. Uh, it's a single engine house, uh, houses a medic unit as well. So around 2:30, 3 o'clock in the morning, we get hit for a first dude dwelling. Uh, it's about two to three blocks from the firehouse, uh, and you all know what goes on around that time of the morning. Everyone's thinking that, you know, as soon as those tones go off for a report of a fire, you're probably going to work. Uh, In route to the run, it's probably like a two to three minute run. Um, As we're responding, uh, communications comes back on and they tell me uh, we're taking a couple calls on it. uh, And we're also getting report that there uh, may be an individual still trapped inside the house. Um, I start going over everything in my mind. You know, I'm I'm sitting up front for, you know, the first time as a real officer, Uh, firefighters in the back. Kind of went over some stuff at roll call that morning, so they had the game plan about where I was coming from. Uh, As we start to approach the scene, I can see you know a column coming up from that area. I I give the driver some instructions. I tell him, "Hey, it's in the court. Uh, We'll hit the hydrant at the top of the street." Uh, The next company over, uh, there, it's a double house, and and they're usually in that box pretty quick, especially with the truck. So I I knew you know backup was going to be right around the corner. Uh, As we crest the corner, the uh, the hydrant that I called out, the driver goes past it doing about Mach 5. So I kindly state, hey, there was the plug back there. That's the one I wanted. And now we're approaching uh, the to the circle of the court. He pulls the engine against the curb. Uh, there's smoke pouring out of the garage, and it looks like flames are starting to lick from the back of the house. As we stop the rig, I start to give my on-scene report, my BIR, and I'm preparing to exit the cab. When I see a gentleman, he walks up to the door to the engine, his hair singed, his shirt burned off. He's going over a couple of things and he says, hey, look, I'm the guy that was in the house. I was trying to put the fire up. Looks like it started in the garage. So at the same time, the firefighter exits the cab and they're in over behind him yelling, hey, what do you want me to do? Uh, and I kind of look over and say what any officer would do probably that time of morning. I need you to pull the freaking line. Um, so I exit the cab. Then. I'm starting to walk towards the house to try to see what's going on now. Meanwhile, it's a two-story Colonial, so the stretch is probably going to be 15 feet. Uh, Not what I intended. Uh, I intended to pull past, you know, give the bottom of the driveway to the truck. Uh, The firefighter dumps the entire 200-foot attack line on top of themselves. So I'm watching all of this unfold. We're trying to straighten this out. Uh, We walk up to the front of the house. We start the attack, you know. Confirm everything that's going on. Second, in companies come in, they finish up. You know, everything goes smooth. Front, you know, the house is still standing. Everyone's out. They, everything, you know, the fire goes out. Uh, so we hit back to quarters. It was probably around four thirty, five o'clock, five thirty in the morning. I'm kind of playing over in my head what just unfolded. Uh, you know, being it was first time I'm up front, and I thought it was a pretty successful operation. So I go in the office to do the uh, the fire reporting. I'm sitting down at the computer uh, and in walks the senior driver, the guy, the the individual who drove me to the fire. He walks over, spins my chair around, points his finger right in my face and says, young man, if you don't change your actions and your tactics, you're going to get someone killed. And at this point, I'm kind of stifled first. You know, the guy's got 30 years on a job. uh, And I respect him. you know, time and, and where he's worked. Um, and I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, why didn't you just run in there? And, and instead of taking a handline in and trying to lay a line, why didn't you just run in there and make the rescue? Now at this point, you know, I'm newly promoted. So I kind of studied, you know, John Norman book of tactics. Uh, I've attended, you know, some training classes from chief Salka and all the other the big names. And I'm like, because what, what if I go in there and I can't make the rescue? uh, the guy was a bigger guy. So w- w- what if I get upstairs and then the fire's bigger than what I assume now, guess what? Now there's two civilians. There's three civilians trapped me, the firefighter and the individual who called 911. So we kind of play this over in the head. He gets up storms out of the room and, uh, I'm left kind of there reeling in my thoughts. Um, now, you know, fast forward now to 26 years on a job, having some time under my belt and being a captain, uh, obviously that scenario will play out way different. So th- there's one of the pearls of, uh, you know, first-end leadership from, you know, your, your first job as as a boss.
0: What do you think something you would be – or uh, excuse me, if you could go back today and talk to yourself before you walked in the firehouse that first day and give yourself one bit of advice, what would it be? It would be –
1: Regardless of who's sitting in that left front seat, that expectations, regardless of what they are, the, the, and you've talked about it in a number of other podcasts, that the, the fire ground in the right front seat is not time for a city council meeting where everyone gets a vote about the tactics or what we're going to do. Regardless of the tenure of the, the person sitting in the officer's seat, um, if they made a decision and those decisions are based off of information they have, information's coming in, um, you know, it would be made clear. I would have, if they had ignored my original command, then I would have ordered the engine stopped as soon as we pulled past the hydrant. I would have been very vocal about it as opposed to just sitting over in the right front seat, hanging on for the ride. Cause that's what I did until we stopped. And then, um, the plan just didn't line up the way that I expected. God forbid, if the guy had still been in the house, it would have been,
0: you know, it would have been a challenge. Did you feel like you knew something was wrong? You needed to say something. You just maybe didn't have the um, confidence to jump out and say, "No, you will stop this fire truck immediately. That's an order." Oh, absolutely. I, I had no. Uh, again, I,
1: you know, uh, the the person driving, I mean, the guy driving, he he had over thirty years on the job, and I wasn't in a position where I was going to argue or you sure. know articulate my point. And it was just one of those things I just kind of rolled with it. Um, and, you know, at that time, you know, when you first get promoted, you know, your reputation is kind of only you as a firefighter. They really don't know about your leadership or, or where you've been or how you got to to become a company officer. So all the training and education you may have received, that falls on deaf ears to, to,
0: to those that came before you a lot of times. So sure. it,
1: it's all about proving yourself.
0: Sure. You know, to sum this up, because we're, um, I think we're in a good part. To sum this up, you know, your first day is going to be tough. You need to understand that you need to be preparing to lead, not prepare to promote. I know I've talked a little bit about that a lot recently. However, it's an ongoing thing I keep seeing in the fire service in general, especially when it comes to uh, newer officers. Um, Whatever your reasoning is for promoting, the reality is still there regardless of why you promoted. So you need to get yourself prepared for that. Uh, Your first days are always going to be tough, but most of all, you need to be adaptable. Adaptability is continuously ongoing and a plan of action is just a list of things that are going to go wrong. So you need to be adaptable. You need to be able to think on your feet. And that comes from preparation, experience, and uh, knowing what you're getting yourself into. So... You need to and it starts now. If you're a firefighter, you want to be an officer, or you know you're thinking about promoting, get yourself in the books, get yourself experience, experience by doing things, not experience by uh, reading a book. You know you need to be able to embrace the senior people, but you need to understand that you have to have a list of expectations, non-negotiables, and um, direction. So when you walk in day one, you know where your bearing is so captain do you have anything you want to add to that or elaborate on from uh what i said
1: Uh get, continue study the job you know uh, that really create that rolodex in your head so that you can prepare, because again, you know, I had acted as a company officer, you know, many times prior to that night, you know, for being in the front seat for the first time, and again, I studied the job. I thought I had a, a pretty good uh, foundation to build off of. Yet, you know, at you know that time in the morning, you know, turning the corner and listening to the radio report, you know, you, you, you know, your heart's in your throat. You're thinking, "Hey, man, I don't want to screw this up." You know, we're getting a report of someone trapped, and that's you know. That's the time to be on your A game. And I slipped a little just because I did not expect to have that, you know, pushback from the, the individual driving me. But, you know, th- those things happen. And that's, uh, you know, it, it's a life lesson. And it's, it's carried with me, you know, since. So I, I know not to fall into that pit again.
0: Sure. Core memory, something you're going to keep with yourself the rest of your career and hopefully uh, be able to pass along. Captain, thank you for your time. Guys and girls, thank you for your time. And uh, that's it.